The following podcast includes some heavy themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. If you need support right now, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, the Kids Helpline on 1800 551800, or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You're listening to Our Voices, a podcast series from the Voices for Change, Self-Advocacy Group and RMIT University's Centre for Innovative Justice. <laughs> yeah, I'm John Jacoma, um, and also known as Aaron. Um, now I'm 60, um, living in Footscray, Victoria. John is one of the members of the Voices for Change Self-Advocacy Group. Uh, for me, um, I was institutionalised in um, Baltara, um, Young Offenders, then Tirana, um, and then um, Pentridge, and then all different other prisons in, within Victoria, and then um, continued on to um, Perth, um, and ended up in prisons all over Perth. And yeah, a lot of times in police stations and prisons, I was institutionalised. And uh, yeah, a lot of experiences. John sustained his acquired brain injury from a violent incident inside prison. When I was about 18, 19, I was in Pentridge and um, got into a fight. I can't remember anything about it. Um, and I was knocked out for three days. I woke up in Royal Melbourne Hospital and mentally I just didn't feel the same person that I was before that, you know, something had changed. Prisons are often violent places. Many people like John sustain their brain injuries inside the custodial environment. The 2018 survey of prisoners in Australia by the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare found that one in nine people leaving prison had been assaulted by another person whilst in custody. When I got out of Pentridge after that, a month later, I um, got involved with drugs. Um, that made me feel better. Um, amphetamine, speed, that was my main drug. And uh, it uh, made me feel powerful. I you know, for a long time and um, for many years before that, you know, I was always talking about living my life differently from the way of the life that I was living. And um, when I became involved with drugs, it made me feel more complete because after being knocked out for three days, um, afterwards I didn't feel complete. Something change within me and how I felt in myself and how I, and my thinking was different and how I felt about myself um, in the community, within the prison, within in the community. Um, yeah, I felt like a zombie. Um, yeah, but when I used drugs, I would never, you know. But anyway, I... Um, Stayed out of prison for a little while and, um, and then I 
you know, the drugs started, you know, I always started on heroin, you know, LSD and marijuana and, you know, drinking, you know, anything and everything. And, um, and then something happened and I started going back to prison again. Um, you know, I become the, the revolving door syndrome. You know, I was more locked up than I wasn't. The link between disability and the justice system is complex. For a person with acquired brain injury, the manifestation of their disability, such as difficulties with memory, impulsivity and regulating emotion, can quickly bring them into contact with police. For John, increased drug use as a way of self-managing his trauma and his acquired brain injury compounded his difficulty transitioning to life in the community. His experience of co-occurring mental ill health and poor responses from justice system workers had the effect of compounding his disability and hardship inside prison. You know, within the prison system, you know, and police cells especially, you know, just a number thrown in the cell while the jails can take care of him, you know, and, you know, I've been on medication and stuff, and then get arrested, you know, and put in the cells. You know, I don't ask if I'm on medication or anything like that, you know, I'm just, yeah, and then I'm spinning out, you know, because... I'm not feeling right again, even less than, and, you know, oh, it's horrible, you know, becoming a bit psychotic, you know, I'm spinning out and calling out for help, and, you know, I, I ended up as a spastic in the cells, you know, I had my, my neck go all stiff and my hands crap up and my left foot turned in and I was dragging it, yeah, it was, you know, eventually, you know, like I was given, um, an injection in the bum and it made me come good again, you know. It, um, eventually, you know, when, you know, when, uh, but I've had, you know, I've had experiences in the cells that um, I'm asking for help because I don't feel well. I'll get no help, you know, and then I'm losing it, you know, because I'm not feeling well and, and next thing you know, I'm getting more charges, you know, and it's yeah, because of my behaviour, because I wasn't right in my mind, you know, and in my body, and, you know, it was, uh, and I had another experience, I went back to Pentridge and was put in the yard, and, um, you know, like, I asked for help, you know, I was hearing ants fart, <laughs> you know, like, um, Everyone that was talking was talking about me, that psychosis, you know. I wasn't well and I went went to the doctors and I asked for help. You know, next thing you know, I'm putting in an observation cell and um, putting in a psychiatric division and giving um, 1,200 mils of Largatrol a day. Um, just zombied me out and crushed up Mogadon at night time to put me to sleep. And, yeah, it was... Uh, a drug for a drug, you know, and I remember one time in G Division, you know, a prison officer just bellowed me, you know, over a phone call and, you know, and I'm getting, you know, put into a wet cell, uh, into a glass cell, you know. Oh, it was horrible, you know. I was just a problem, get rid of the problem, you know. Yeah, and I was belted also, you know, like, yeah, it was horrible. And they just give me more medication. You know, they zombied me out. Personal self, I was always, when I was locked up in new training centres and, you know, now adult prisons, 
as John the human being, not the drug addict or the person that's less than. I was always talking about and planning and meaning and wanting to live my life differently. Uh, but I didn't know how. Uh, I don't want to get a job, get a car, get a license, you know, um, get a partner, get some kids happening and settle down. But I didn't think of the responsibilities that went with that, you know, cooking, washing, you know, like, it took me a long time to say, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, I asked you for help. But within the prison system, when I was in prison, there was no help. You know, I always go to mum's, but mum ended up in a nursing home, and then she passed away. And, you know, and um, the family that I have involved in my life, like it's a bit different. Um, yeah, I had no support from them, you know, and yeah, I found it frustrating, you know, got, I get some uh, supports, you know, like for housing and, you know, and, um, and I knew I had to address um, the people I mixed with, the places that I went to, they just put me straight into a, a place, you know, that was um, not safe for me, mm. you know, and put me back with the same people I just got out of prison with that, uh, that were outside and, um, and it was all drug use and, you know, mental health stuff and it was um, frustrating, you know, to, and eventually I'd go back to wild behaviour, you know, um, for places to be changed, you know, for things to be changed, you know, but, you know the, the people, you know, they offer housing for people, but, well, we've got them a place, well, that's it, that's it, you know, like, it's about sitting down and talking with them, you know, about their wants and needs within themselves, you know, um, so they don't go back to the old environment and, you know, and the places they used to go to and the things they used to do. If they don't, you know, like there's an old saying, you sit in the barber's chair long enough, you're going to get your hair cut. You know, like if you mix with the people that you always mix with, you'll end up doing what they always did. And that happened for me. You know, um, yeah. And there's no consideration, but each different housing person's different too. Some has consideration. And yeah, that's my opinion anyway. Like many of the Voices for Change self-advocates, John battled to find safe, secure and long-term housing after he was released from custody. Last year, 54% of people leaving prison expected to be homeless on release. There's something that is not quite right within myself. You know, I know, I know, but I didn't know, you know, and I asked for help again and again and again. You know, I'm 60 now and there's stuff that I'm going through and I still ask for help, <laughs> you know. It's, um, yeah, and it's okay to ask for help. After leaving prison, transitioning to the community is difficult. It could be made worse by experiences of discrimination due to criminal records and disability. These difficulties make it particularly hard for ex-prisoners with disability to enter the workforce. I went through that feeling with my kids too, you know, they'd be better off with someone else. You know, I went through that for a long time and because um, I wasn't happy in myself, I didn't feel 
a part of, accepted. I felt like I, every time I got out of prison, this is before I was a prisoner, you know, before I was a parent, you know, I had this big sign on my head, I just got out of jail. But I'm an, just a human being walking down the street, but it's how I felt of myself. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I've been out of prison a long time. I still have that. I still have that, but I learned by doing things different. You know, I used to have been a real big way fill that in the community. You know, and um, but now it's only a little bit, but it's always there. It's always there. Like I'm different, but you know, but bottom line is a lot of self forgiveness and forgiving others and letting go and accepting things how they are today. Mm. But if that never happened in the past, well, I wouldn't be feeling this way as I am today. But I had to learn to, to try and let go. But if I had a lot more supports, maybe I would be the way I am. I like who I am, but I'm scarred. I'm still scarred from my prison and the police experiences, you know, and um, I think I'll die with that, you know. But you know, I still see a trauma psychologist today because of that stuff and personal stuff too. And yeah, I've helped in, in a few areas. Um, I feel like I'm the odd one out again, you know. I'm, someone different again, being on NDIS, and, but I'm really grateful of the support because I can't afford it. I'm on the National you know, Disability, um, I'm on Disability Support Pension, and um, yeah, it's, um, I'm really grateful of the services that they do provide, you know, I get meals every week dropped off, and the house cleaning, and um, gym membership, you know, I just got to go. <laughs> um, you know, like, yeah, it just makes you, yeah, it's just, you know, really great. And they pay for me, uh, trauma psychologist that I see once a month. And, and that's been the best thing that's ever happened for me. Hmm. You know, um, yeah. John would like the Royal Commission into Violence, Abuse, Neglect and Exploitation of People with Disability to listen to people with acquired brain injury who have experienced the custodial environment. That they are able to see some hope that something different has, can be changed because uh, what's been going on for many years, you know, prisons are getting bigger and bigger. You know, something's not working. Something's not better. Some, you know, things are worse within the prison system that you know um, some more in-depth inquiries into the individual as a human being about their wants and needs what they need to do for themselves and support in those areas you know and each individual has got to want to want something different too you know like you know, no one wants to be in prison you know and be there for the rest of their lives in and out um you know, some more in-depth, you know, um, work with individuals, you know. There's textbook people, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, but they have no understanding of the feelings and the degradation um, of the individual who have 
disabilities or acquired brain injury that have you know, um, that have lived the experience. You know, um, I have my opinions. You know, and like everyone's got one, like a bum, we've all got one. Um, but you know, but having to listen and go away and have a think about what we've been through and how we felt as individuals, as human beings, you know, um, you know, and hopefully for them as a group, well, maybe something may need to change. Thank you for listening to Our Voices, a podcast series by the Voices for Change Self-Advocacy Group and the Centre for Innovative Justice at RMIT University. This series has been produced with the support of SIN Media. I'm Michael Harrell-Ambus from the Centre for Innovative Justice. You can learn more about the Centre's work on our website, cij.org.au. This podcast series touches on difficult topics. If you need support right now, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, the Kids Helpline on 1800 551800, or Lifeline on 13 11 14. In Victoria, if you're experiencing family violence, call Safe Steps on 1800 015 188 or Men's Line on 1300 78 9978. If you've experienced sexual assault, the Sexual Assault Crisis Line is 1800 806 292.